welcome back to the Sideline Cuts podcast. In today's episode, we are speaking all things extreme running with the Irish Hammer himself, Sean Tobin. If you haven't already, make sure to go back and check out the previous episode where we spoke all things sleep with sleep expert Tom Coleman. And what a week for Ireland and Irish rugby as Ireland secured the Grand Slam. Great victory over England as well. So I'll see you at the end of the podcast for a nice roundup, and I hope you enjoy. guys i'm joined by sean tobin sean do you want to tell our guests a little bit about yourself and what you do yeah so i'm an irish distance runner or endurance athlete you can say i've been heavily involved in distance running um since i was since i was young um i've competed for ireland at the senior level the last number of years uh Went to the University of Mississippi on scholarship and yeah, I've been competing in sport a good while now and full time at it. So, Excellent, Sean. And tell us, what is it about running and distance running that you love so much? I, I love the lifestyle. Um, it's very enjoyable. You know, I, love, I just, I think that's the one thing that keeps me going all the time that I just enjoy the day, you know, like obviously getting the good work done in the morning, having the day to kind of the relax, whatever, get lunch, coffee with some of my teammates after training and, you know, go home, get a nap, you know, rest and then get out and get training again in the evening and kind of unwind. And the evening, it's, you know, it's a very simple lifestyle. You know, you work, you do your couple of hours of work a day and, and kind of chill. And like, realistically, you're never not like obviously rest and sleep and all that part is very important and is part of the job so kind of you're nearly working all the time but um i just love the lifestyle and then obviously the places the sport is taking me um tread the training day in and day out um the people i meet and people i work with so it's it's taken me a lot of places and always going to be grateful for what the sport has given me yeah and and Cash your mind back, Sean. When did it kind of click in your head that you're like, right, this is unreal. I want to do this kind of as a career. Yeah, it was it was probably in around transition year of school. Um, mm. that was kind of the first kind of point where it started to click, where I was like, okay, I kind of discovered the American scholarship route, and that was something I really, really wanted to do, and I spent hours watching videos of of schools you know the the teams the races everything like that and i just yeah. loved it and like that was something i really wanted to do and and that was just a mental shift there that that was it i wanted to work for that and i was just obviously it was very fortunate to have a good 
coach in uh, secondary school in, in Club Athletic Club, Anthony Moynihan. And obviously, mm. Anthony knew I was committed to kind of making that a goal and, and making that happen. And we obviously, we had some stepping stone goals to that. And kind of that became a reality then over time. So, but that was the first point where I was like, okay, there's the mental shift. And it was something I wanted to do. And then eventually in college, there's always a lot of talk about obviously the professional career and, and everything like that and running. And obviously that was something I really was looking forward to um, or just wanted to do in life. So, um, mm. and then so like that, it's always been the lifestyle. Then I got to enjoy more and more over the time, over time I've done it. Yeah. Excellent. And tell me, what was the, what was it like going from Clonmel to Mississippi? What was, over the big changes obviously yeah, the weather yeah obviously the weather is number one and obviously big change in culture you know the the southern culture in the u.s is obviously very different and i think a lot of people go to the u.s and they just see places like california or new york or florida and mm. um kind of miss everything else in between so and then the southern culture i really enjoyed it a lot it was very laid back the hospitality was great obviously the the temperature is really hot and humid, but I really enjoyed it a lot. I like getting up early to train. Um, I really loved Mississippi and and the passion around the university for football, baseball, whatever sport it was. You yeah. know, they they loved they loved their sport down there, and they loved the school, everything that was involved. We had a beautiful campus. Um, yeah, just I I really cherished the experience and and obviously miss it a lot of times and. Um, yeah, it was it really is like the, the American college dream. Um, everything yeah. about it, I really enjoyed, and the transition was fine for me. Um, I got like was pretty much off the plane. Just I knew I wanted to go so badly that I just got in and straight away into training, into racing, and and obviously classes, everything, and just soaked it all up. And I think it got more difficult then at the end of my first year. I got injured, and that's where I kind of I had some up and downs from there then didn't progress the way I would have liked over the next three years. You know, I had a fantastic first year there, um, was winning a lot of races, setting personal bests. And it was that first kind of injury was, I hadn't really been injured before. So that was, I think, a bit, a very mentally difficult for me to get back and then just kind of stagnated there for a little, for another three years and was, kind of at the end I started I was getting fitter but still not getting the results I would have liked um, yeah. but still truly enjoyed the experience yeah so let's talk a little bit about that setback um that injury how did you kind of motivate yourself and 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 deal with that in a way yeah so obviously I had that experience and it was a freak of kind of nature thing it was probably something I had that was developing maybe over over time. I think a lot of it was probably to do with still being in school and transitioning to that lifestyle that like it happened at our at the NCAA cross country champs. So pretty much the most important race of the the season, the cross country season. And I got about six hundred meters in and my third metatarsal on my left foot just snapped. Um oh, wow. and obviously I had no pain or anything before the race or no signs of it. So um and so I didn't that that kind of obviously was a bit of a shock and then I think it was just being in the crutches and and a booth and stuff for for eight weeks or so but realistically 
I was just a bit lost. I didn't know what to do with myself. You know, it's what I was used to doing training all the time. And mm. I think I found it difficult in terms of like, I've never really, I think people who've like the last couple of years where I've had injuries now I've kind of know what to do. You know, you get back, you get cross training, you keep a level of fitness, you work on things. But that was my first injury. Didn't really know what to do. And it was kind of, yeah, it was just, I was all over the place, really. Didn't do the cross training to get back healthy. And then when I came back, every t- I, I got fit quick, like I rushed the training back. Mm. But then probably I stepped onto the track my first race and expected all everything to be the same as it was. And it clearly wasn't. So, and yeah, then I think I struggled with, with that again mentally and took a long time to get the confidence back. And then just in general, yeah, took a little while to get the fitness um to where i needed it to be so and it's difficult in the us because you are racing a lot and and there's always a good bit of pressure to perform so i think there was a lot of that where i wasn't performing the way i was the previous year or the previous years Mm. um so i think i did find that mentally difficult yeah very good um let's move on to a more positive time in your career so the 14th of december uh, Sean, obviously a big day for yourself. Um, just talk me through uh, that race um, out in the Antarctic for and for listeners that 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 don't know uh, what what you achieved uh, on yeah, the fourteenth so, of December. Yeah, so look, I'll I'll start probably a little bit back and kind of lead into it. That you know, I've I've probably had a little difficult last two year, very difficult last two years come missing out on the Tokyo Olympics and I've been dealing with this hamstring tendinopathy for a couple of years that's been on and off like I went from having one of my best seasons maybe 2020 2021 and being the fittest I ever was and then struggling with a hamstring tendinopathy I was still hindering my performance but I was still performing better than I ever had and then missed Tokyo Olympics and then worse was injured and missed four months at the same time, came back and then early 2020, I raced two races and then the hamstring flared up and then missed four months. So the Antarctic Ice Marathon pretty much came up by one of my sponsors, Richard Donovan, who's been a great support of mine for years um, financially and has helped out a lot. Richard is the organizer of the event. So Mm. pretty much in September or so, I was still kind of getting back uh, Richard was like, gave me the invite to come down and run the Antarctic Ice Marathon. And obviously, I feel like I owe Richard a lot for the help he's given me. So, of course, that was, um, I was going to do that for him. And like, I had, I was still getting back training, you know, not running, probably running 60 to 70% of what my normal volume was. And still kind of trying to build strength from and rehab stuff for the hamstring. So, I was a bit nervous about it, but. Um, yeah, pretty much we went down to the Antarctic and it uh, turned out to be quite a successful trip yeah. in terms of run running a continental record, which is two hours, 53 and 33 seconds. Being my first marathon as well, obviously I've coached some athletes, who, a lot of athletes who've run marathons and it's, I've given them advice, you know, understanding that sometimes the race only starts at 18 miles, 20 miles. And I think I didn't really, really understand that until I experienced that down in the Antarctic um, and obviously in a very unique environment. Uh, um, but yeah, that was certainly 
something that has kind of given me a lot of confidence again and helped me kind of get back on my feet. And even in the last few weeks since I've done it, it's just now everything seems to be a bit more positive and starting to flow again. So I'm obviously mm -hmm. thankful to Richard for giving me that opportunity. And um, tell me, Sean, how do you, how are you training for something like that um, in the build-up? Let's say two months, one month uh, pre-Antarctic. Pre yeah, so like this was obviously a, a very different build-up to what I would have normally for an event or a marathon because, like I said earlier, that I was still trying to come back from that ham hamstring tendinopathy and earlier this year that we made that decision to just stop running and trying to force everything through this kind of injury and sort it out altogether. So I kind of spent the summer, kind of missed about four months and then back and kind of started running a bit August. And uh, so it was kind of a, a build up towards the event that I knew that I couldn't get it carried away with doing what I would normally do for a marathon. So I was restricted in terms of the amount I could run and the amount I could train. So basically we just took it as, okay, the event is going to be the event. You know, we couldn't really control that I'm how fit I'm going to be because the most important thing was to be healthy running the event that I couldn't, I had to be very careful with, with the hamstring in case it flared up. So basically I had, I kind of got, going um uh, got a few sessions good few sessions in and a bit of consistency so i had about six weeks to seven weeks of consistency in normal training which would be 60 to 70 miles at at the moment so mm. um, which is a bit lower than my normal volume for a week and a bit of cross training and obviously keeping the gym and the rehab stuff going so so obviously it was hard to kind of get the normal build up but yeah, just took it as as something that we were going to go and enjoy rather than a normal event that obviously you want to really do well at and you're very focused. So I think I, I took a very laid back approach going into the event and, and took probably didn't take the event as serious as as I would with others. So and obviously then went into the event and I did not expect it to be hard as it was. You know, I thought it'd be like just a, a really relaxed more like long run or just a bit more difficult long run over mm. obviously more time so um so yeah the build-up was was an interesting one I've never kind of gone like that before where it's been I've had to be very careful in the build-up more concerned about keeping the body healthy rather than actually focusing more on the training yeah and very interesting um sean when i when i read this um you know what what goes through your head uh kind of mentally that you know yeah this is something that this is a feat i want to do like um obviously you spoke about richard and something that you owe him but it's 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 a big thing to owe someone to run a marathon in minus god knows what degrees so what kind of what kind of motivated you to to do this personally? Look, I knew it was it was going to be a once in a lifetime opportunity, and how many people get to the Antarctic, and 
I know for a lot of people doing the event, it, it is an expensive event to do because of the logistics of getting to the Antarctic. So obviously Richard covering everything for me as well was, was obviously a massive influence as well. So, but I knew that going down to the Antarctic was a once in a lifetime opportunity and that I know that it was, may never come up again. So um, obviously I had to take that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And last kind of bit on motivation, Sean. So cast your mind back to the 14th of December. Um, let's go mile 14, 15. How what's going what's going through your head to, to keep going and you know, in the freezing conditions, you know, you you've got your race plan, but what's motivating Sean Tobin to get to that finish line? Yeah, so it was it was an interesting one because you know, I think a lot of people think of the temperatures and everything down there. And, you know, it was quite cold, but I think obviously I was quite prepared in terms of obviously I had Richard's advice. Richard has done this event many times and the biggest advice he'd give most of, given most of us was not to wear too many clothes or wear a couple of light layers that you won't burn up. So I think I, I, got it perfect in terms of the amount of layers that I was wearing that it was a bit chilly but I wasn't overheating because obviously the danger of if you're sweating too much you freeze so I done well there and and getting a right in the temperature but the one thing that obviously none of us could prepare for was the underfoot conditions and I think that was that was the, the most difficult thing about the whole event and the most difficult thing I've ever done um so realistically like where i was at eight miles i knew my legs were already getting sore and they were working really hard at that point versus probably a normal marathon um you would not start feeling that till about 18 to 20 miles oh. so yeah so it was like very early in the event and then like like saying i like 14 15 miles I was already really starting to struggle and feel like I was hitting a wall versus most people would only feel that maybe mile 22 and they start to struggle a lot. So, um, so like that last, that last 11 miles, it started to hurt a lot. And then especially from 18 miles onwards, it was extremely difficult. So basically we had four, four tank, 10.5 K loops and obviously started a bit back from the finish to make it the exact distance of the yeah. marathon. So, so it was obviously breaking it down in the laps, but it was, it's just like the ground was so tough. It got worse every lap, you know, the conditions, the more times people ran over it, it got more difficult. The first lap, it was like, I was just kept sinking and it's like nearly like a bad dream where you're trying to run fast, but you can't run because <laughs> you just keep sinking um and it was like kind of running on sand or running in in a field in the dark where you can't really see your footing and then obviously it got tougher and tougher as i went but around 18 miles on that's where a place my mind went that i i it never really went before in a race you know in a yeah. race normal race you know you're thinking of other things you've got people out there supporting you or you're focused on what's going on in the race but this was just something i was out there alone i was dead quiet no noise besides my own breathing besides my own feet crunching in the snow so yeah. that's all 
you're dealing it's like you're just out there alone in your own head and that's where um i just went to places like pretty much i've never been you're thinking of every you're going through every emotion in terms of you know one minute you're you're starting to go well and you're floating you're going oh this is good i knew it was on track for the record next minute then you're the mind is all over the place that you're you're negative you know you're you're hurting you're uncomfortable mm. um and then like you're it just felt like my whole life really was it was like just flashing in my head you know you're thinking of all things in your life and mm. and obviously afterwards obviously i think that all got to me you know it, i just i think of all the struggles that i kind of had in my life and the people in my life you know a lot i lost my brother my mother had parkinson's disease so it was like a lot of that stuff where I was just started really, really thinking of them and nearly asking them for help or just, I don't know what it was. Yeah. You know, you're out there in a unique environment and it's it's almost like picturing it as when you see in movies and stuff, people like obviously hallucinating in deserts. Obviously I wasn't hallucinating, but it felt like yeah. that, you know, yeah. where, where I'd never felt anything like that before. So I think a lot of that was just, keep going keep going you're reaching out to others for help in your own head and you're trying to get that back to you and yeah it was like i said it then obviously did show it after the race i kind of broke down and was a bit emotional and that and that course never ever happened to me in any event i've ever yeah. run since i've been in the sport since I was nine years of age and i've never had anything like that happen to me and talk to me about that moment uh, if you can cast your mind back, Sean, the second you you got across the finish line, um, not only did you get across the finish line, you obviously broke the record. But talk to me about maybe the euphoria or like kind of maybe even release that you felt when you crossed that finish line. Yeah, so it was it like honestly, it was a massive relief because I knew going out in that last lap that I was going to be cutting it extremely close for the continental record. I knew there was, there's two records that was there. So there was the continental record and there was the event record and the event mm. record was three and a half hours. So obviously the continental record was the big one that we wanted. And um, so obviously it was massive relief for that. Obviously Richard was, was the one that would present the medal or you had the tape at the finish line so that he was the first person to, to kind of interact with and then obviously they had the, the camera crew there obviously getting the pictures and then the first thing was kind of coming across the line and and then them asking the questions you know how was it quickly you know it, it, it all kind of came on very quick you know uh, just right away after the event where you, I didn't get any time to really process just kind of what happened and I think then just talking more they're asking about how the event went then I was kind of breaking it down to them and like like they've been talking to you here just kind of going through the stages of the race and then eventually it just I don't know like I said I, I just started talking about what was going through my head about my brother and thinking about my mother and everyone else that was kind of I felt like I was reaching out to, for support and then it all kind of just Came, I was just came overwhelmed and then just all got to me you know so and that was yeah that was where all the emotion just started to flow out so yeah and I suppose running running is an incredible thing it can do that for for a lot of people um Sean so 
just to kind of wrap things up, uh, I've got a few questions that we, we usually ask um, our guests, Sean. What are your goals uh, for 2023? Yeah, like I've said earlier, in um, like I've gone through a lot in terms of dealing with the hamstring issue. Mm. And I think the goal of 2023 is just to be able to get back and enjoy being healthy and training um, and then just being able to get on the start line and not be stressing about my hamstring or racing in pain or run trying to train in pain. So I'm just really looking forward to trying to have a year of, of enjoying the sport again and getting healthy and, you know, whatever happens in terms of results happens. And, you know, I think I'm just going to use 2023 as a building year to 2024 and, pretty much hopefully building that towards into uh, an Olympic Games. Yeah, it's a great, great goal to, to set yourself trying to get trying to get to Paris. And if you could give advice to a 10, 11 year old Sean, what would it be? Any piece of advice? Yeah, that's that's it can be quite a tough one. Um, it definitely takes time to think about something like that. And, you know, I think I think as most of us would, you're just telling your younger self, you know, the journey is is going to be an enjoyable one, but obviously you don't know where the sport really is going to take you. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, we all start in a sport as a kid um, to enjoy it and just you try it out. You know, we all try out every sport there is really when you're young and you don't know where it's going to take you. So, um Obviously, it's hard to kind of give your young self that any advice, but you no, know, I think truly just to enjoy everything it's given you and don't be so caught up in the results. Yeah. Um, and just keep enjoying the experience. Yes, we're not always going to be or get the results we want or or get to the the very highest level. It's obviously it's just keep enjoying the lifestyle and and enjoy the people you meet and the opportunities it gives you and take them on you know it's don't be afraid of it that's really it but kind of give that younger self the advice yeah and to finish up sean any icons growing up and this can be a family setting or a sporting setting yeah i think i've, I've never really massively looked up to certain athletes um and I think obviously as you go, you get to know more athletes and, and people. But I think I've always, like I've definitely had people in my life that I kind of, I think the more I worked with them, I, I hugely respect them, you know. Um, mm. And growing up, obviously, my coach at Moynihan became a massive influence, I think, in my life in terms of the lessons he taught us at training. And I think the sport itself just taught me how pretty much discipline and what you put in often you you'll get a reward back and then obviously sometimes you don't get what you back get back so I think yeah really I just I had no major icons but I liked being more present and just kind of working with the people that are the small people that were around me I think were the bigger influences rather than uh, a famous kind of athlete or any kind of big personality really yeah excellent sean thanks a million for that that was very insightful no problem thanks for having me
No problem, Sean. And best of luck for the 2023 season. We'll keep an eye out. Appreciate it. Thank you. achievement and not an easy feat whatsoever and of course if you want to keep up to date with all of sean's endeavors then all his social media will be linked in the podcast notes so make sure to drop him a follow to see what he's up to i hope you enjoyed today's episode and join me next week when i'll be speaking all things elite boxing with elite boxer emmett brennan